We're going to jump straight into what we got today. We've got a few things popping, and, and uh, we are finishing our Choose Joy series. And here's what we know about joy, uh, is that it is a choice that has to be chosen. Because how many of y'all know there's some stuff popping off in this world that will rob your joy from you very quickly? And so uh, we look in Isaiah 61, and, and we started the series off there, and we're going to end the series bringing awareness to what God wants for us when it comes to joy. It says this in Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings, to heal the brokenhearted, to give them beauty for ashes. And this is where we're, I'm skipping a few things in that, but I'm giving you the main points we want you to see out of the text. And then he says to give them the oil of, say that word with me, joy for mourning to give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And, and what we talked about in the series is that I believe that the heaviness that is in our land, the heaviness that you experience, the heaviness that you are going through, the heaviness that may be present for you, it's not just because you don't like your job that much. It's not just because your kids are going buck wild and lost their mind, okay? It's not just because your parents are getting on your nerves. It's not just because your grades aren't good. I'm telling you, there's a spiritual aspect to the heaviness we're experiencing in life right now. That there's something the enemy has set plans in motion to bring heaviness because when we become more consumed by the heaviness of life, we stop choosing joy in life. And I believe that Christians should be the influencers on their jobs, in their neighborhoods, in their schools to show people that regardless of what's happening in the world, there is hope inside of me. Like, I don't know about you, but when I walk in a space, we're going to have fun and we're going to laugh. Can I get an amen on that, somebody, right? Where am I, where am I have fun and laugh people at? Where y'all at, right? Because if I'm here, I'm here for a good time. <laughs> I may not be here for a long time, but I'm here for a good time. You know what I'm talking about? Like, and so, like, I believe that where Christians show up, joy should show up with them. I believe that where we are present, people should naturally go, what's different about that one? And I don't just mean different because you're weird. I'm talking about different because you got joy. I'm not different because you got hope. I'm not different because no matter what chaos happens, you still have peace. I'm talking about the type of different that goes, man, whatever they got, I want some of that. Right? You ever seen somebody eating a candy bar and you were hungry? Like, where you got that at? Right? I think people should look at us and feel that way about the joy that's in our spirit. Where you get that at? And we say, oh, let me tell you about who I serve. And how I'm not worried about what's going on in the world around us. I do my part. I play my role. But I'm not worried because somebody that's bigger than me is in control. And that's the God that we serve. And so we get to choose joy. Say choose joy. We get to choose joy. And I wanted to save this one for last because uh, what I, I wanted to leave this one with you. Because if you forgot about all the other things we talked about, I wanted you to remember this one. And it boils down to one word, prayer. So turn to your neighbor and say, prayer. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say prayer. Turn to the person you just neglected on the other side of you that you ain't friends with. The usher just put you next to him. Like, I don't even know this person. I'm not trying to say nothing to them. Right? One more time, let's say prayer. Because I want to talk to you today about prayer. Why? Because I believe that many of us, even those of us that are saved, treat prayer like a fire alarm situation where as long as everything's going good, I don't need to use it. Like, as, like, as long as things are going my way, we, like, so we, we use prayer as our last resort. Matter of fact, uh, I put in your notes, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. 
We should go to God about everything and let him lead us in everything, not just ask for him when we feel like we've got nothing left. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been guilty in my life of trying to handle all the things the way I need them to be handled. And then when everything is crashing and burning around me, I'm like, all right, God, I need you to fix it. Oh, just four of us? Like, now that I've messed it all up, I was a student pastor for so many years. Parents would come in. I would try to tell them, like, hey, listen, you bring, bring your student to student ministry. We'll pray with them. We'll teach you. Like, we'll do the whole thing. We'll disciple them. It'll be great. And they're like, ah, you know, they got baseball or whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. And then their kid goes and, like, starts doing drugs. And they bring their kid. They're like, fix them. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you want me to do it in an hour? What, I, you, what you messed up in 10 years and what I couldn't fix. And, like, no, 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 that's not how this works. But for us, hear me, there are so many elements of our life. We just want quick fixes so we come to God for the fire alarm prayers. But what God wants to show us is if we'll actually be connected to him throughout the journey of our lives, we can stay connected to the joy in our lives. Matter of fact, and we'll handle the difficulty of our lives with joy, peace, and hope. Because he's bigger than everything you go through. And so Philippians 4, 4 through 5 says this. Paul is writing and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And just in case you didn't catch it, Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. And there should be a rejoicing in our spirit because God is close to us. But hear me, when God's not close to us, it's hard to have rejoicing in our spirit. And I want to go ahead and give you this little secret plug. You can write this down. It's not in your notes. God hadn't gone anywhere. We have. And I'll I'll encourage you to go back into the series zone where we talked about drifting and some of those things. You can go listen to that earlier. And matter of fact, some of what we talk about, we've already hit in this series a little bit, but I want to recap and I want to approach it from the angle of prayer. And so five things I want to show you that prayer does in our lives. Five things I want to show you that prayer does in our lives. You ready? Prayer replaces worry. Prayer replaces worry. How many of you guys have ever been worried about something? How many of y'all were worried about something this past week? Around November 3rd. <laughs> How many of y'all rolled over on November 4th? Like, is it over yet? <laughs> Looked at your phone. No, it wasn't. Like, so for some of us, we worry a little bit. But Philippians 4, 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything. And as a matter of fact, the words that come right after that is Pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray. Now, I know some of y'all are like, yeah, 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 I hear you, but I got some stuff going on in my life that I still ain't quite figured out yet. I hear you, but my kids have lost their minds. I hear you, but Nancy at work is driving me up the wall. Like, I hear you, but I just got that pink slipper, that doctor's note. I hear you, but life isn't giving me the opportunity to not be anxious about anything. And what we're going to see here is prayer gets to substitute. It gets to replace our worry. Matter of fact, uh, worry, uh, the word worry in the Greek literally means to strangle, to make it to where you can't breathe. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations in my life where I felt paralyzed by worry. The what ifs of life. And so 
Worry, literally, all you're doing when you're worrying is you're borrowing from the future. Matter of fact, some people say like this, if you worry about something and it happens, you've worried twice. If you worry about something and it doesn't happen, now you've worried in vain. And for some of us, we are inherent worriers. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not that person. I got that it's going to be what it's going to be vibe. Can we get anybody in here connect with that? I do love control, but I'm also good with that. Like, I've, got, I've made it to way, like, I just surrender. Like, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. I'm going to get there when I get there. Because none of these people around here can drive. <laughs> so I'm going to get there when I get there. I got stuck behind somebody yesterday doing 30 and a 35. See, that's what I said. I was just like, Lord. And that's when God said, it's going to be when it's going to be. And I was just like, you know, it's going to be when it's going to be, you know. So I turned on some Bruno Mars, and I just got with it the whole way to where I was going. Like, I was, I'm not saying you should listen to Bruno Mars. That's just what I was listening to, okay. But I was like, you know, if I'm going to be here, we're going to have a good time on the way there, and I'll get there when I get there. But hear me. Some of us need to take on that mentality of it's going to be what it's going to be. I can't change it by worrying, but I can change me by surrendering. And just say, God, I'm giving this to you. So Matthew 6, 27 says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Matthew 6, 34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So here we are. Our worry shows us the areas of God we don't trust. Matter of fact, I put it like this in your notes. What we worry about most reveals where we trust God the least. What we worry about most reveals where we trust God the least. And I'm encouraging you today, start replacing your worry with prayer. Because I don't know about you, I feel far more confident when God's involved than when he's not. Any of you guys ever, uh, when you were younger, I used to do this when I was younger, maybe you don't have to raise your hand, because maybe it's weird for you, it's not for me, whatever. So, but uh, I used to do that thing where I wake up in the middle of the night, like with bad dreams, and I would call out to like my mom and my dad, and they but like, yeah, I need you to come into my room, right? I don't know why my dad had superpowers. Like if this eight foot tall monster was really in my bedroom, why my five foot 11 dad was gonna do something about it. Like, don't know why that was a thing, but it was. So I was like, Dad, I need you to come in here. And he would go in there. He would sit on the edge of the bed. And I just need you to sit right here until I fall asleep. And he would sit right there until I fell asleep. I had a good dad. But there's something different when your father shows up into your situation. And hear me, some of you never had a, a natural father. Maybe you just didn't have a good one. But I'm here to tell you, your heavenly father, God in heaven, things change when he shows up in your situations. And there's rest available to you if you'll stop worrying and let him take the worry on himself. Because he's already got it all figured out. Number two, prayer relinquishes control. Now, this is the part when I was studying out, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't think I like this one very much. <laughs> control freaks, where y'all at? All right. All right some, of y'all, some of y'all nudging your spouse right now. Like, hey, he said, where are you at? <laughs> right. So control freaks, right, like uh, prayer, but prayer relinquishes control. It puts us in a place where we're saying, all right, God, this one's on you. But here's the deal. For many of us, we wait till we've already jacked it all up first. And we're like, all right, God, now it's on you. God's like, oh, thanks. 
right? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, and the present there, you're talking about your request to God, present literally means that you're going to set it down in front of him and walk away. Because I don't know about you, my present, my request to God looks a lot like, like a yo-yo. Like, hey, God, fix this. Ah, I think I'm going to take it back, though. <laughs> like, hey, God, if you could, nope, I think I'm just going to keep that one for myself. I don't want to give it to you. I just want you to touch it and make it better so I can take it back. We laugh, but isn't that how we try to give things to God? Like, I'm going to lay them at the altar, but I'm going to tie a rope to them, too. Because I feel like I know what's better for me than I, than I feel like you know what's better for me. And the reality is we have to give control. God won't co-own your problems with you because he won't co-own the glory when he brings you through it. God's not interested in co-owning your problems with you. Either he gets it or you keep it. But it's never both. So God's saying, hey, I want you just to give that to me and watch what I'll do with it. But more importantly, it's because he's going to get the glory out of it. I want you to think about for a second, for some of you, how God has brought you through some ridiculous things in your life. I want you just to personally reflect on some of the things God has carried you through. I want you to think about that mess that you got yourself into that God graciously brought you out of. I want you to think about first, like it, the, the reason that relationship that went bad on you didn't destroy you is because God brought you through it in such a way that you could still be breathing on the other side. For some of you, the reason that divorce that you went through didn't completely shatter you is because God carried you through that to show you that even though that person may have jacked you up, he can make you whole and new on the other side of it. For many of you, the reason that that banknote or that doctor's report didn't own your mind, it didn't consume you, and it didn't stalemate you to the point that you were no longer something in the kingdom, the reason that it didn't lock you down is because God kept you moving forward. For some of you, that loss, that trauma, that hurt, that abuse, the reason that it didn't captivate you in such a way that you're still locked in, is God said, no, 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 I've got bigger plans for you. I know you want to stay here. I know you want to be in this space. And I know it's going to be hard to see through the shadow and the brokenness and the cloud of trauma of the abuse. But if you'll come with me, I'll show you there's a life that that person can't take from you because I've got a bigger life for you. I want you to think about it for a second, how God said, even though you've been through some of the hardest things in life, I've still got something for you on the other side. And that's what it looks like when God takes control. Because I don't know about you, but there's some areas of my life I'd still be sitting in a fetal position on the ground. I know none of y'all went through anything in life. Some of y'all are like, oh, excuse me. But God will carry us, even through the hardest things in our life, to show us that he's got something for us on the other side. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. And that word cast in the Greek, uh, it literally means, are you ready for this? To cast. Okay, that's all it means. All right, so, uh, but in the, in the Phillips translation, it says this, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties on him for you are his personal concern. Listen. God's invested in who you are. God is invested in your story. But hear me, if you're going to cast your cares, if you're going to cast your anxieties, you're going to have to throw it and not keep it attached to your hands. 
God says, I want it all or I can't do anything with it. Because when it comes to the other side, when you're still standing, when all this is said and done, when that person tried to break you but they couldn't, when you're still standing over there, you're going to make sure that you shine the light on me and show the world how a glory works when I get what's rightfully mine because I keep you standing in the places that should have destroyed you. And man, God's faithful in that. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of all hope fill you with all, say that word again, joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. You ever met people, like any of y'all, we talked about this before, have y'all ever met like those old grandparents in the faith that nothing bothered them? It's like they lived through the Great Depression, so like what is this? You know what I mean? But no, I'm just like, like, y'all ever met some of them? It's like they got joy, they've got so much hope that it bothers you how unbothered they are. You're like, Grams, looks like it's going to be a rough election. Like, baby, I'm not worried about that. I don't know why I think all your grandmas sound like that, but that's just how it works for me. But <laughs> Have any of y'all ever got one of those, baby, I ain't worried about that type vibes from somebody? Like they got, they're overflowing with hope. Because they know they serve a God that's bigger than our circumstances. They serve a God that's bigger than our election. Whether you like who got voted or whether you don't like who got voted, I don't care. I'm going to tell you that even if your candidate gets put in office, they're going to let you down in the next 30 days. Someone's going to let you down. Whether you like the turnout, whether you don't like the turnout, I don't care about none of that. Here's what I'm here to tell you. There is no man or woman on earth that's going to do righteous by you. Only God in heaven will ever do righteous by you. So stop putting your faith in people and start putting your faith in Do your part. Do your job. Vote. I'm not telling you not to care about stuff. Do whatever God puts on your heart to do for that. I hope that you do it all. What I'm telling you is your hope doesn't belong there. Your hope belongs to the king of glory that puts kings and rulers in place. And so I promise that's probably one of the last times I'm going to mention that election because it's been on my head hurts thinking about it. But anyway, so number three, I want you to understand that prayer brings truth to life. Prayer brings truth to life. And what I'm talking about when I say prayer brings truth to life is that for many of us, it's becoming harder and harder to filter through the nonsense and discover actual truth. Like, has any of you ever found yourself in that place where you're like, I don't even know what to believe anymore? Like, every news cycle is bought and paid off, so they have a narrative. Everyone on Facebook thinks their opinion should be heard. <laughs> Reality is, none of it should, right? Like, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. So, like, <laughs> I was almost there, y'all almost had me. So, <laughs> nope. Uh, so everyone thinks their opinion should be heard, right? You know, every person that's never been in lower level management thinks they know how to run the country. So <laughs> let it sink. All right, let it sink. <laughs> say law. All right, so but <laughs> all that to say is there is constant chaos around us, and it's becoming harder to find truth. Now I'm talking about real truth, not our truth or my truth or your truth. I'm talking about truth. But what I'm trying to tell you is that prayer brings truth to life. Philippians 4, 8 through 9, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. But then he keeps going. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about that. 
what you have learned to receive from me or seen to me, put into practice. And this isn't in the text, but it's literally how it's translated. And then the God of all peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. He said the peace of God will be with you. So if you want peace, it's not going to come from the noise of the world. He says, I'll tell you what, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's trustworthy, whatever's right, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, put your minds there. Then put it into practice, and then the God of peace will be with you. And for many of us, we're looking for the God of peace, but we're not putting our minds on what's noble, what's true, what's trustworthy. And the only way to do that is to be connected to God in prayer. I said this in the first service. I'll say it in this one. I think some of you, I want to encourage you right now. This is, this is a word from the Lord for some of you. You need to take three to seven days of a media fast and turn off all the junk. You just need to shut it down for seven days. And you need to start digesting truth, right? Because here's why. Prayer brings truth to life, and a lack of prayer will help lies land. You'll buy into the lies when you're not connected to the truth. And there's two ways that happens. The first one is prayer, and the second one is being connected to God's word. I know that sounds very elementary and very simple, but I'm here to tell you it's very elementary and very simple. Like, some of us don't do the easy things. We would rather do the hard ones, right? Like, how many of us will run our car into the limit on how often we're supposed to get our oil changed? Like, we won't, get our, we won't take an hour to get our oil changed. We'll just replace the whole engine when it stops working, right? Am I lying though? Hear me. Replace the oil in your spirit and you won't have to replace the whole engine. Selah. All right, let's keep going. (laughs) Some of us are letting too much junk in. I'm having a hard time differentiating between good and bad. So much, and here's what I wanted to make sure you understood about this. Some of us have let the lies become so real to us that it's also affecting our identity in God. We're losing track of who God is, therefore we're losing track of who we are because of God. And if we'll start getting back to the place of truth in our life, we'll allow God to do something powerful in our life. Number four, prayer increases my faith. Prayer increases my faith. I believe for bigger things when I'm connected to the big God. It increases my faith, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I have learned in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And this is Paul talking, which, by the way, in case you don't know this, Paul was a guy, you know, the third nine lashes that Jesus got when he went to the cross. Paul got them five times. Right. He was on a ship. Then the ship was shipwrecked. He floated around the ocean for a day and a half, finally swam to an island. When he got on the island, he made a fire and a snake bit him. All right? So if anybody we've ever seen has a reason to be like, you know what, God, I don't know about all this. It's Paul. But this is him writing. He says, in every situation, I've just learned to be content. Right? Here's a phrase. I want to give it to you. It's free. You don't even have to pay for it. You ready? I'm good. God's got me. What about this election? I'm good. God's got me. No matter who you're voting for. I don't know, that's not on one side or the other. What about, what about the country? What about, I'm good. God's got me. What about Nancy at work? She's going to drive me up the wall. I'm good. God's got me. 
And if your name is Nancy, that's not personal. That's just a name I picked, okay? So that's not like cryptic. I'm not, I'm not, no one sent me an email. It's like, you need to preach about Nancy because she's tripping. No, that, like, that never happened. So, uh, but like, uh, your, your kids at home, your parents, your relationship, whatever you may be going through, I want here to tell you, it's all good because God's got me. I can't change that. But I can surrender this to the one that's in control of all of it. And that's the place that we need to land. Let our prayer increase our faith. This is the last thing I'll say about this today. Our God doesn't think four years at a time. Our God does not think four years at a time. Whatever the outcome of this election is, good or bad for you, I'm not telling you what's good and I'm not telling you what's bad. I'm not telling you what's righteous. I'm not telling you what's evil. That's not my job. My job is to say however you feel about the election God is in control of all of it. Put your confidence and your faith in the one that won't let you down because he's got you. Which brings me to number five, prayer connects me to God. Prayer connects me to God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Proverbs 16, 20 says, those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. Not those who trust in man, not those who trust in themselves. Not, no, no, no. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. In the book of Job, Job loses everything. For those of you that know, for those of you that don't, a quick recap. Job is a man that God says is good in his own eyes. The enemy says, all right, then let me test him. And I'll show you that he'll lose faith in you, essentially. And, and God says, all right, fine, you can touch him. You can, you can come against him, but you can't touch his body. And so the enemy goes to work. All at one time, his children die, all of his animals die, and his wife tells him, curse God and die. I don't know about y'all, but he had it rough. And what we see is this series of events unfolding in the book of Job. And in Job 23, verses 8 through 10, this is even where Job gets mentally. He says, I, if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I don't find him. When he's at work in the north, I don't see him. And when he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. Job's saying, like, man, I just can't find God. But then right after that, he says, but he knows the way that I take. And for some of you, you have to become confident in your connection with God that even in even times and moments where you don't see God working, he knows the way that you take. He's leading and guiding you. And then in Job 42, we see Job talking to God, which, mind you, just a quick recap again for the sake of the story. In Job 38, uh, after Job has talked about how he questions God in Job 38, God speaks back to Job and goes, how about you dress yourself like a man and show me where you were when I put the sun, moon, and stars into space, and then I'll let you ask questions of me. <laughs> Which I don't want to be there for that conversation. You know what I'm talking about? I'm good. You got this, God. But in chapter 42, verse 5, this is what Job says. He says, my ears have heard of you, but now. Today, in this moment, my eyes have seen you. And for many of you, you're going through a season in your life where your ears have heard of him. You've sat in preaching. You've been in church services. You read Bible. Maybe you went to Sunday school. Maybe you grew up in this. 
And my ears have heard of you, but God wants to show you through a genuine connection with him. He wants to show you that your eyes can see him. That he can move in your life. That he's got control of all of this. As I was getting ready for the sermon and I started putting some stuff down, this song kind of came to me. And, uh, and uh, one of our boys here, Nick. Oh, yeah, Nick. He's going to come out here. There he is. Uh, Nick's going to come out. He's going to sing this song for us. Because I believe it genuinely describes the desire to have our heart connected to God. Now, I'll also tell you this, that this is the last song Nick's going to sing on this stage for a little while. For a little while. You catch that last part? For a little while. My boy Nick's moving to Houston, where God has given him the opportunity to take a worship leader job at a church in Houston. And so we're proud of this dude right here. So um, proud of you. So... Lord, give him a wife and a ticket home in Jesus' name. Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, brother, you got it.
settings and choose joy when the picture is dirty the picture that you see God through and uh, it's so important that we carve out a time for prayer it's so important that, important that we, we make prayer part of our life and, and this was hard in the first service I'm sure it'll be hard in this one if you'll give me about three minutes with no one moving around. For those of you that don't know, my, uh, my son Jabin passed away May 18th of 2018. And uh, I've not always processed my emotions in a healthy way, which is why I like to laugh so much. And uh, after that unimaginable pain, uh, food and eating and even spending became 
one of the coping mechanisms. I'm an exceptional compartmentalizer, but when you don't handle the things that you do see, it'll start showing up in ways that you don't see. And so some of those things may not look evil or appear bad on the surface. Lustful, passionate, and driven. Not lustful as in women, but lustful as in a desire to experience life in all of its glory. Just, I want everything. I made my connection to God part of the busyness of my life instead of a break from my life. But for the last two months, something changed. Two months ago, God came and he, he did a tugging on my heart. Something that I believe some of you are probably feeling right now. Where he said, you've given me part of you, but I want you to give me all of you. And I don't want to be just an accessory to your life. I want to be your life. And if you'll make me your life, I'll give you all the things you need in your life. So for the last two months, I have got back into the routine of waking up at 5 a.m. every day. And the first 30 minutes of every day, I spend on my back porch watching the sun come up and just spending time there in the Lord, praying and also listening. And God's starting to do a healing in me that I didn't even know that I needed. I thought I had dealt with all the things in regards to my painful experience of life, but he started showing me that I hadn't. And I, I feel like I had dealt with it enough to move fast, but God showed me that I hadn't dealt with it enough to be slow. Because you see, it's in the slowness of life that we meet the presence of God enough that he can bring joy into our life. See, many of us can't hit pause in the chaos long enough to let God show us the things he needs to show us. And as long as I was going and I was going and I was going, I was okay. But I couldn't slow down because I hadn't realized that there were still a few things God wanted to do in me, to heal in me. And God made me slow down so he could show me an area of my heart that I hadn't dealt with. And so what I asked for for the last two years of God, just help me and heal me. Because I don't want to be broken. For some of you, you've learned how to operate broken instead of letting God make you whole. And it was in that space, sitting there with God, that He showed me something in my heart that I hadn't dealt with yet. And many people would say that when you see a cardinal, that that is a, it's, it's, if you've lost someone that's close to you, every time you see a cardinal, that that's God letting that person visit you. I'm not necessarily saying I buy into all of that. But there was one morning sitting up on the back porch, the sun was rising. And I look over into one of the trees in my backyard and there was three cardinals there. And it was almost like God just 
spoke to my heart and said, one of those is Jabin. And no sooner than that, two of the birds flew away and one of them flew and he sat on the roof just above the chair that I was in. And we both just sat there looking at the sunrise for like two minutes. And all at one time, the two other birds came flying past and that bird flew with them. And I heard the words in my spirit. I heard Jamin talk to me from heaven and say, it's okay, dad. I'm gonna go play with my friends. For two years, I've struggled with whether or not I was enough. I struggle with whether or not I should even be pastoring this church. Because how do you keep helping people through their brokenness when you're not even through yours yet? And God spoke to my heart and he said, your people don't need a perfect you. They need you to point them to a perfect God. And so, thank you. I believe God has set aside a moment today for some of you to finally cast your cares on him. Not to keep the rope attached, not to treat it like a yo-yo, but to say, all right, God, it's all yours. Connie Ten Boom says this, Corey Ten Boom says this, if you look to the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look to Christ, you'll be at rest. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are exactly what we need when we need it. I thank you that nothing in this life has caught you off guard. God, though pain, trauma, struggles, circumstances, situations, they all tell us we can't have joy. But God, our connection to you tells us that we can. So I'm thankful that you're, I'm thankful that you're bigger, that you're better, that you're greater. But God, I pray that the revelation you've shown me for those that are in this room or watching online, God, where they're saying, I need that. God, I pray that you meet them in the special way that only you can. I pray that you make prayer a priority for those who have found themselves far from you. And ultimately, God, I pray that you draw each one of us close. Allow prayer not to be an accent to our life, not to be an addition to our life. God, I help you make prayer our whole life. Pray without ceasing. And in that, we can choose joy. We thank you today and we love you. If you're in this room, very quickly today, and you need God in your life, you know that your sin, your stuff, your struggles has separated you from God, just like it had all the rest of us but you're ready to repent, to turn away from those sins and to turn towards Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. 
and I want you to make me brand new. If that's you in this place, we're going to lead you in a very simple prayer today. And I want to invite you just to repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. I give you my life. I believe in you. Now make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so TC, let's put our hands together for all those that pray that today.